Hello out there. We're on the air. It's, it's Rink Moose Talk tonight. The beers are cold. The mics light up. And, and the, the boys, boys get set to fight. The gloves come off. Opinions get thrown. And someone slips on ice. One man howls. The other scowls. But the show must go on. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. You're an announcer with a long stick from time to time. With hockey flows. In Marshall's nose. Pierre McGuire's life. Not John's elite. Ovechkin's teeth. And Hoffman's crazy wife. When Carey slumps. And Benjamin stumps. Jerez on LaFontaine. Jokes aside. It's podcast time. And Rink Moose is the name. Oh, hockey Welcome to episode two of the Rink Moose podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Nick Costume, Nick uh, along with my co-host, Kyle Nice. Hey, Kyle, how are you today? It's going well. We're back with episode two. Uh, we'll be covering the preview of the Metro this, uh, this evening. And just for reference, it's September 8th. So anything that sort of happens outside or after, uh, after September 8th, don't kill us. We're... Uh, this is when we're this is when we're recording. So if you know Panarin gets traded to the Leafs, uh, yeah, we uh, we didn't see that coming. So I guess uh, I guess we'll start if that's all right with you, Nick. Yeah, uh, the only little change I will disclose to the audience today is that we will hold off on our predictions until the very tail end of the episode. So For standings, we will we yeah. will we will yes we will analyze the teams. We will we will talk off season what we look forward to this year. And then at the very end of the episode, we will each reveal our predictions for how the uh, the division will uh, will look. For sure. Um, and yeah, today uh, today's the Metro Division. So uh, Kyle, why don't you uh, get us started here? Mm-hmm. So yeah, similar to last time, we're going to be starting at the uh, the basement of the division. And uh, yeah, the New York Rangers. What a what a mess! What a horrible, boring mess they are. So they finished uh, last season with 77 points. Their leaders were Matt Zuccarello with 53 points. Zabenajad had 47. Kevin Hayes had 44. Bushnevich had 43. And uh, that's not great. I mean, their highest scorer got 53 in 80 games. That's pretty. It's pretty terrible. It's terrible. That is that is a fantasy nightmare. And I think they uh, they went on record saying, "Listen, guys, listen, fans." We're uh we're pretty bad. I think we're just gonna tear it all down. At least they're honest, you know. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. No, 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 no baloney. It was it was a, a message made out to their fans, and and they said, listen, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do this the right way. We're gonna rebuild now. We're gonna we're gonna trade our pieces. They did so with the trade mm-hmm. of uh, with Miller and uh, McDonough. And that in that trade with Tampa, they got some pretty good pieces back. So I, yeah. I, I did like their, their – as bad as their team was, I did like the way, you know, the, the situation went from at least a managerial standpoint. Mm-hmm. And good guy Henrik Lundqvist, he says he's willing to stick it out with, uh, with the rebuild, which, uh, I mean, that's, that's nice of him. But, you know, he's getting up there in age, and uh, I, yeah. just, I just feel for the guy. I mean, you got to think that he wants uh, – he'd want to go for a cup at this stage in his career, but uh, – He's loyal to the Rangers, so so good on him for that, I guess. Good on him. I, I just I'd love to know what he's really thinking, I know, because yeah. that that I mean of of course that's what you're gonna say. You're not gonna go on the air and say, hey, listen, I don't want to be here. Get me out of here. Um, 
I he said he's saying all the right things. I just I don't know if I trust the intention because this guy's worked his tail end off for this team and he and now he's going into a rebuild. So mm-hmm. yeah, very uh very interesting to say the least yeah and in terms of their draft they they kind of surprised a lot of us they went ninth overall and they picked that uh that russian forward kravtsov and uh not a lot of people were expecting that one but the guy looks really really slick in uh in the little games i've seen him so far so yeah hopefully he's a project that could come along not going to make the team this year of course and they don't really want him to because they're probably shooting lottery this year without a doubt oh yeah and uh, in terms of off-season moves, they, they've hired David Quinn as head coach, who coached at uh, Boston University. They've gotten, yeah, don't know too much about him. Yeah, he's, it's going to be his NHL debut, so don't really know what to expect. And uh, so we'll keep our eyes on him, probably just kind of steering, steering the ship safely to, to the bottom of the league, so to speak. You know what I mean? Like, sure. Boys like put in a good effort and all that, but uh, we're not looking uh, to upset a lot of people here. We're just looking to do our job and uh, settle into the bottom five, I think. Yeah, and get make his voice heard, get whatever system he wants in place to, you know, get get mm-hmm. that established and uh, and yeah, hope hopefully better years to come. Yeah, if th- there's only the only problem I could see with this team in terms of the the plan in quotes mm-hmm. is uh, if Henrik has a has a really good season, he could keep them out of the the basement basement, but mm-hmm. eh, you never know. But uh, yeah, yeah, not much, not much else to say on these guys. I think Nemesnikov is gonna find a good groove here. I mean, uh, you think he, so? He's, eh? he's looked really good in Tampa, and I think if he finds a good top six role here, I think he could put up a decent season. You know, as much as we give him shit for not having a player over sixty points, what you could find is is bargains because people mm-hmm. may not want to reach for the squad. Oh, so, you know, guys like Zabanejad, Buchnevich, uh, you know, those guys you could probably get around the tenth round. They could potentially put up over 60 points. I know Zabanejad, mm. he's got a very high shot volume. So, uh, you know, guys like that, um, you know, from a fantasy perspective, they could really fill some holes at, at, at the very end of your draft. So, sure. Yeah. Yep. And they're, they're still going to be playing top line power play. And guys like Kevin Shattenkirk, too, you can't sleep on him. And he's on, he'll be on that top power play unit as yeah. well. So, although I could yeah, see, I could see no him moving around the trade deadline, too just for more picks and pieces and that kind of thing. Sure. Yeah. Another rental no, I, situation. Sure. Yeah. But I, uh, yeah, other than, you know, you mentioned Nemesnikov, I mentioned Zabanejad, Buchnevich, Kreider, mm-hmm. you know, especially in a hits league, uh, there's value there. Zuccarello, you know, basically a candidate to get 50 to 55 points every year. Yep. Um, other than those guys, not really much to reach for here, but, uh, but k- keep those names in mind for sure. Sure. And, uh, yeah, let's move on up, uh, well, down the road from New York is uh, our friends, the Islanders, those poor, right. those poor, poor Islanders. I mean, uh, I'm not complaining or anything, but uh, just the loss of John Tavares just rocked the city. And I don't know. I don't know how they can recover. But, you know, they've got some good pieces there. They missed the playoffs with 80 points. Their leaders last year were Barzell with 85. Tavares, who's gone, had 84 Bailey had 71, Lee had 62, Eberly had 59 points. And uh, we've seen a lot of change in this team over the offseason. They got Lou Lamorello. They mm-hmm. got Barry Trotz has come mm-hmm. in. Robin Leonard has come in also to help out with the goaltending. Uh, they got Komarov, Filpula, Matt Martin, <laughs> Tom Kunakel, 
and Jan Polar <laughs> from the yeah. KHL. Wow. What for game player? This is a whole new team. What what do you make of this? Like Well, no, I what I what I make of this is this is like basically your hard nosed grinders kind of players. Like yeah. that's basically the team they assembled over the offseason. Kunackle, he's one of those, you know, hard hitters for for Pittsburgh. He was. Yeah. Uh Matt, Matt Martin, you know, classic goon for the Leafs. Yeah. Uh Komarov, yet another goon for the Leafs. Uh Filpula, I don't he's more like a third line specialist. He's not really going to add any 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 scoring up front. And then and then a guy Jan Kovar, who we seemingly know nothing about, but mm-hmm. you know they're pumping his tires as this guy who's gonna, you know, re- re- replace some, uh, you know, some of that lost uh, scoring from Tavares. Mm. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know about this off season. I know that in terms of like, in terms of volume of adding players, yeah, they added a lot. But I, I in the big picture, I don't think this is gonna mm-hmm. lead to much success. Jan Kovar, he's a center, by the way, and. Uh... He he might slot in second line behind behind Barzell's center, but again he'll have to prove himself. Uh, but yeah, yeah. just the, yeah, this team had no problem scoring last year, as you know. But uh, you know, there's they still have offensive weapons up front. It's just that blue line is just mm-hmm. just terrible. Mm-hmm. You look there, there's Eddie, holes Boy, everywhere. Chuck, it, Hickey, Pollock, Pellick. Yeah, who's yeah. Pollock and who's Pellick? Yeah, you oh, got you got. Pu- and then and then they have a guy Pollock. called Sebastian Ajo. It's not the Sebastian, not the good one. No. <laughs> so, I don't know. Yeah, so, I don't know. And then the goaltending, I mean, Grace and Leonard will fight for number one. I don't know. Here's what I, here's what I will say about the defense. While it doesn't look good on paper, they have hired the defensive maestro, so to speak, of coaches. Mm. And so, and so if, if there is kind of a silver lining here, it's that maybe he can, you know, take this group of, you know, rubbish – have no business, you know, all, all basically five, four, five, six defensemen and, and make them into, you know, a, a de- at the very least a decent defensive club. I guess yeah. that's why they why they got trots, but we'll, we'll see. Yeah, and I mean, uh, they had a really good draft. Like, I think they had the best first round right. of any team, in my opinion, because they got that Wallstrom guy and, the, and Noah Dobson, too. And I, those guys aren't going to make an immediate impact, but for the future – excellent pieces like i could see barzell feeding wallstrom day in day out this guy's an absolute sniper and dobson's got the overall defensive game he could play really good defensively and uh and still very talented offensively he also won a memorial cup this year too so yeah good good pieces coming up but uh and i think actually everly's in a contract year two they they decided they haven't uh they haven't really picked up talks yet Right. So he'll be looking to perform, and I believe Lee is also in a contract year. Correct me if I'm wrong. So I, I think you just, might be right. Uh, I, I see those guys just calling up Barzell over the summer and just going, "Buddy, how's uh, how's the <laughs> summer going? Can't yeah. wait to get back on your line." You know? Yeah. Like this no. guy, Barzell. If if any if he can do anything, then he's going to want to make those two uh, some good contracts. So they're re- they'll probably be really gunning for that top line. <laughs> The Lee Barzell Eberly, but you know it, it could go so many ways their lineup. So, what I will sure. say in terms of fantasy, if you're not on a the top power play or b the Barzell line or at least both, I wouldn't I wouldn't look at this because there's a good chance they could blow you up for plus minus. So if if guys are on that top line, 
yeah, take a swing, take a look at them, but uh, I'm not gunning for like a Beauvillier on the second line kind of thing. If you know, or a Josh ba- or a Josh Bailey, like sure. a, a very a very dusty player who just happened to have inflated yeah. numbers because because he was best friends with with Johnny T. And then yeah. and then the guy gets a gets a huge contract where he's getting paid seven million a year, mm-hmm. and uh, and and now they're shaking their heads, going, "Shit, why yeah. did we spend that money?" Oh boy, uh, if he has a bad season, oh. Oh boy, goodness. oh I, I can smell it. It's coming. <laughs> some dusters like Brock Nelson yeah. or or Jan Kovar, oh, yeah. and uh, he's not going to come close to putting uh, last last year's numbers up. No. I, so. I, I see Jan Kovar as a 45-point kind of guy. <laughs> but that's just me kind of being pessimistic. You know, mm. he might be okay. Who knows? Right. Now, yeah. one in terms of fantasy implications, I, I, one, I have one point I want to make, and I have one question I want to ask you. Sure. What do you want, what do you want me to do first? Uh, do the point first. My point is I, I think Robin Leonard can be a, like a sneaky – third goalie on your fantasy team yeah i i think with with the trots factor i mentioned earlier i think he's historically whether it be in nashville or washington his his teams have always overperformed in the gaa respect Mm -hmm. uh every time you look at the statistics and robin leonard he he at some point this guy was a talented goalie he did go for a first round pick he was traded from ottawa to buffalo Mm -hmm. so this guy has the talent we've just he's harnessed the talent because we've heard you know he's had off the ice issues and, and, and he's got a high temper and stuff like that um but if if he can just if if if, if trots can get his system in place and and make this group of you know meh looking demon into mm-hmm. something you know decent and he can and he can really change the way this team plays because last year they were a defensive nightmare yeah uh i i think he he could have have some sneaky upside as a as a um as a as a as a third starter on your fantasy team because mm-hmm. I, I don't think thomas grice is, is really threatening as a guy who's, who's going to take over a job um if, if robin leonard can get in there and 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 you know solidify himself as the number one goalie he, he could have some sneaky upside sure now I'll, I'll ask you this would you would you are you saying you take him late in the draft or are you saying keep an yeah. eye on him wait for him to take the number one spot no 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 i think he's going to be drafted he is really? he is he's going to be at the tail end of your draft huh yeah so I, i'm just saying if, if it's the end of the draft and you kind of need that third goalie mm-hmm. he would make for like he he could make for a good option as yeah. just a buy buy low candidate hell he might even drop if he does drop to the waiver wire to your point then almost assuredly you should keep an eye on that factor right i could be totally wrong but i'm just going off you know of i'm just going off of what I like to read into coaches and I like to read into their, you know, systems and and their, and their, and their history. And, and we'll see what trots can make of this team. Yeah. And just another point I wanted to make on, on trots, something I know about him is what he did with his top line. He loves to play his top line in key offensive situations. If you look at uh, offensive zone starts, Ovechkin and company were, were way up there in terms of percentages. So, I mean, if those who say Barzell is going to drop off, point point wise by a lot just know that he'll be getting those offensive zone like very quality starts in the faceoff dot a lot of, like really high quality so i uh i think barzell won't do too bad in terms of dropping off point wise so i th- and i do believe he can carry a line probably not as easy because he's facing tougher competition but that zone start thing is going to be it's going to be pretty big so 
Well, that, that was actually my, my question for you. Mm-hmm. That I Because I've been hearing a lot of things about how they will match up against him and he's going to have to play against top two defensemen every night. Yeah. yeah. But clearly doesn't sound like you, you expect too much of a drop-off. I, I actually don't. Uh, some people do. I, I hear mixed reviews, but I think... Uh... I think Barzell's just got such a skill and speed to him that uh, that he can still kind of work his same magic against even top top mm-hmm. pair uh, top pair guys, especially if he's getting those offensive starts mm-hmm. and a little bit of an increase in ice time too. Mm-hmm. So uh, and I I could I could see uh, Trotz putting together like a line that that maybe like Barzell might not even take a defensive face off almost at all right. pretty much kind of thing. I could see him putting together somewhat somewhat of a shutdown line. And keeping mm-hmm. that top line simply for offense. So, yeah, I, I don't see him being too much of a drop off, and that's uh, that's just looking at his skill set and, and his deployment with that coach. Mm-hmm. So, where where do you see him uh, landing point wise? Uh, look for seventy three minimum. And his line mates would be like in the sixty five point range, I guess. Uh I, like you, you could see an Everly putting up those numbers, or Elite putting up those numbers. I, I could see Everly, especially with those guys on contract years. I could see both of those guys hovering around fifty-five to sixty, and if they do really well, sixty-five kind of thing. So, okay, yeah, I like there. There's fantasy value there, especially on that Barzell line. Again, keep an eye on preseason if uh, just w- with the whole lineup thing, because if you're going into your draft expecting Everly to be on mm-hmm. that top line and he's not. It hurts, right? So yeah, you know he will be on that top power play. You you want him on that top line too. Yeah, well, tr- training camps they do get underway next week. Yep. And so you know, keep an eye on you know notes from from practices and and what the PP is looking like, what the top lines looking like, and mm-hmm. then you know maybe even see you know not all the guys may see who plays together on in preseason games. Sometimes yep. coaches like to have one whole line dressed for a game, and then another game they have a whole other line. So uh, see who Barzell's playing with, get get an eye for that, and then, you know, act accordingly in your drafts. Yep, I like it. So, that yeah, that wraps up the Islanders pretty good, I think. Yep. And we'll move on to the, the curious case of the Carolina Hurricanes. Right. This is another team that has really flipped the script in terms of their roster. They, they made a lot of moves. Uh, they missed the playoffs last year with 83 points. Um, they acquired Michael Furland in the trade. Dougie Hamilton, uh, and they got rid of Noah Hannafin and Elias Lindholm, as well as, as you know, Jeff Skinner. So mm-hmm. just a lot of turnover here. They also got Calvin DeHaan, who's a good piece. And uh, yeah, I don't know. These guys, their their top guys are Aho with 65 points, Tara Vinen with 64, and then uh, Justin Williams with 51. Skinner's gone, so Jordan Stahl comes in at 46. And Stahl is your um, is your top uh, one of your top centers there with forty six points. Um, I don't know, like the trades. I think they definitely lost in the Jeff Skinner trade because they lost talent. Obviously, I mm-hmm. and I'm not a huge fan of what they got back. And I see the Dougie Hamilton trade. I think they won that. To be honest, I agree. I think Hamilton's a total stud, and he'll be sweet on that top line power play. And uh, but other than that, I don't know. This this team seems kind of in transition. They have a lot of good young guys. I know that Mart- Martin Nikas guy. He's a mm-hmm. highly touted guy, and he will be on the roster. 
Darling sucked last year. Mm-hmm. Sucked. Man, oh man, <laughs> that looked that contract looks bad now. But I, I, I'm sure he'll have a little bit of a turnaround. But uh, and this is, I'll sh- I'll shoot you a fun little stat here. Uh, just a f- fun fact: they were the best in the league at shots against per game. Now, I'm not talking quality. I'm just talking total shots against per game. They're actually number one. They allowed the least shots per game. You want to know why? Why? A guy called Billy Peters. Oh. This guy comes from the ba- Mike Babcock coaching tree. He is a He's coached ca- Team Canada. This guy is, in terms of just getting to know the uh, analytical side of hockey, this guy is right up there. Mm. Uh a number of people last year I heard if there was any team that played with the most kind of like structure in the, in the most, and it was very analytically, analytically based, it was the Carolina hurricanes. Hmm. So while they didn't necessarily have the personnel to compete, they were doing everything they could from like a uh, strategic standpoint yeah. to, to win games. And I, and I feel like that kind of is why, why there was so much drama between Peters and Darling because you, you, you had this team allowing the fewest shots on goal a game. And yet, you know, Scott Darling was eating shit. Yeah. That's my two cents on that. So yeah, with, with, with Bill Peters out and Rod Brindamore in, yeah, I guess we're, we're in for some changes in terms of play style. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure. Like, Brindamore, he's, he's a new coach. Is he not? He's a new coach. He won the cup with them back. Back. One in he was the captain for them. I think it was back in 06. Yeah, I, I could be totally wrong on the year, but it you know, mm-hmm. you know when the Canes won in, in the late mid to late 2000s. Yeah, uh, yeah. he was an assistant coach with them last year. He, he was more, I don't know if he was like the more offensive or the defensive coach, but he, from what I heard gathered, he was more of a player coach given his recent tenure in the NHL. Yep, um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know how much of, of, of Peters' style he carries over into his gig. I don't know how much a foundational change will be. It's, 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 I guess it's just a, a wait and see. But what I will say is, is the personnel he has, he's definitely set up. Like he has the potential to, to really ride the ship pretty well. Mm-hmm. Because you, you look at a Sveshnikov who, who could be rookie of the year. Instantaneously, you're going to get points from him, right? Yeah. He, 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 fill, he fills depth for you there. Dougie Hamilton, he let, uh, tied for an NHL last year in defenseman for goals. Yeah, uh, like that second in shots. I, I mean, the, the Calvin DeHaan, like you said, a piece on defense. He can slot in as a as a fourth, you know, third or fourth defenseman. Michael Furland. There's there's some more depth scoring there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know they got Adam Fox in that trade as well, but you know he obviously won't be ready for this year. But you know, future years, he he's he'll definitely be a piece. Mm-hmm. I I like this team more more than most people do. I think, and and I I think their defensemen are are, are great. Uh, Pesci, Slavin, yep. Dahan, Hamilton, Falk, Trevor Van Riemsdyk. The, it's a decent, it's a decent team, right? Like I, yep. I think that's what you said. A team in transition. I think they're mm. they're very much a decent team. They're they're not bad, but not you know drooling when you when you see their lineup. You know. Yep. No, I I get that. I think uh, again, yeah, they do have a really young young roster. I think the key for them this year, if they want to be competitive is those young guys stepping in and making an immediate impact. So that, and that's something Svechnikov can do. He's a really, really good player. And, and Martin Nikas can do, can do as well. So if those guys come in and, and they're as they project to be, I think you've got a good team here. I, just, I don't think this is their year, so to speak. But 
I could like well, they're building and, towards and, something good. That's what I'm saying. And and one thing you mentioned getting that scoring from the young kids and seeing how they acclimatize. I yep. think goaltending is the other huge question. Oh yeah. Because you know Scott Darling, he laid an egg last year. We'll mm-hmm. see what he can do this year. But I think the more interesting name, interesting name is Peter Mrazek. Mrazek, yes. Because he, he, he's been a young kid who's – you've always heard endless things about his, his, his pedigree and his potential as a, as a young goaltender. Uh, like in, in, the, uh, in the World Juniors, he was a very highly touted prospect. Oh, yeah. Um, and his gig in Detroit just did not go well, to say the least. Um, so he's another kind of guy, just like I spoke about Robin Leonard. If, if you can get a Mrazek at the, at the end of a draft or on the wire mm-hmm. – uh, as your as your third goalie, he if if Scott Darling's awful again, Morazic might jump in as the number one, and next thing you know, if 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 the kids get in on the action scoring wise and the defense plays like the defense mm-hmm. we think it could play like, uh, Peter Morazic will get you some good value. I could yeah I, I could absolutely see Morazic jumping in, if, like kind of turning his career falters. around, you know, like we we you've seen that script before where there's this young goalie he do, he doesn't he's got like potential but he doesn't quite do as well and then he gets you know flipped to another team and and his career kind of starts in that city, mm-hmm. and and maybe this is the start of something good for for Morazic. Yeah, and uh, Morazic to me is he's one of those weird guys because I hear his name and I always think he's like he's an older guy because he's kind of been around a while. He's only 26 years old. Exactly. He's got ton. He he's probably not even in his prime in terms of his his body and how that works. But uh, I I could see him totally getting uh getting the job and running with it if mm-hmm. if Darling falters again. The only thing about that is the the huge contract over Darling. So the coaches are gonna want to t- sort of force him into as a number one, give him a bit longer leash. But mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see how the we'll see how the season goes. If if it's a disaster early, maybe uh. Maybe Mrazek does pick up the reins and, and run with it, but that contract is going to keep Dar- is going to give Darling a bit longer leash than he probably should have. Sure, but I think at the same time, th- this this team they're a new management team. They brought in a bunch of new faces last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, one one guy of of which I, I I don't know if it was Juan Wade- Don Waddell or the other guy, but he he mentioned something about how when they mentioned the Darling contract to him, he said. Yeah, I, I, I was, well, I was not involved in those contract discussions. Ooh. So he, he doesn't, <laughs> the management doesn't even endorse him. Yeah. So I, I'd, I'd actually argue counter and, and, and say that I don't think he has a long leash. Yes, he's huh. got that contract, but I, from like a, from the management, from what they're saying, I don't think he has much endorsement. So yeah. I, I would, I would be more heavily in the pool where I think Morazic's going to take that job and, and, and see, we'll see what he does with it. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, keep an eye on Mrazek in the in the mm-hmm. in the drafts, or if you don't draft him, then keep an eye on him as the season starts. So, yeah, that's uh, that's Carolina. Interesting, interesting scenario there. So, we'll keep an eye on it. Next is New Jersey Devils. Uh, so yeah, so they're in the number two. They got eliminated by Tampa Bay in the first round. Uh, their leaders were Taylor Hall with ninety three, Heisher with fifty two in his rookie year. Great rookie year. Paul Mieri had 44 in 62. Will Butcher came onto the scene with 44. And Jesper Bratt with 35 points in 74 games. New Jersey Devils. They added Igor Lokovlov. Uh-huh. Who's D-man. a D. And Eric Griba. So they didn't, they didn't add too much. They did lose some, some names. They lost John Moore. They lost Pat Maroon. Michael Grabner and Brian Gibbons. Mm. 
So yeah, they didn't they didn't totally plug up what they lost. But uh, who who do you know anything about this Igor Lakovlev? Is he just kind of a kind of a, a depth guy? Is he, is he going to get some? I have some no I have no I have no idea. I I I I don't know. But what I will say is in the in this whole exercise we've done in tracking the off season of these teams, this might be the team I was the most disappointed with their off season. Oh, yeah, because because you saw them make such great strides last year in being this underdog team who just got into the playoffs, and 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 if you're a player for that team, you're probably hoping your management would see that and 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 endorse you and 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 add some stuff. But uh, boy oh boy, they they just did not add anything. Uh, and, and, and they've lost so much. John Moore, this was a guy who played over 20 minutes for you every single night. Yeah. Uh, top four defensemen, and, and he's gone. Pat Maroon, great depth score. He's mm-hmm. gone. Uh, Michael Grabner, you know, I'm not the biggest Grabner fan, but at the end of the day, this is still a guy who seems to score over 20 goals every year. Yep. He's gone. Jake Gibbons, he was a young, uh, young prospect, or he was a young prospect, young player in the league, lots of energy, kind of a gritty player. He's gone, and to make up for that, there, there just, there just, there, there isn't much. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'd say, in terms of just an off season, this team kind of dropped the ball, and uh, I personally, I don't have too many high hopes for them this year. They blew it. They, they simply blew it. I think, uh, I think Taylor Hall got them into the playoffs last year. Maybe they got a little excited, and mm-hmm. uh, maybe they rested on their laurels a little too much. The only thing I think they might have going for them in terms of improvement, their young guys get a little more experienced, uh, that maybe they take a step. I, I, I think Heischer's going to probably take a step, but uh, I, I honestly think that Taylor Hall has to take a step back just in terms of regression. He can't, he can't well, mimic yeah. that MVP season. I don't think so. I mean, so. for as great as a stat it is that he had 93 points in the next leading score on that team at 52 for for as amazing an individual stat that is yeah boy oh boy that just does not look good from a from a team like if you're judging a team holistically Mm. those numbers do not look good it just goes to show you that basically you're you're putting too much pressure on one player and you know odds are he doesn't repeat those numbers given just how historically good they were and 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 you just you you don't you don't make the playoffs. Uh, mm. So I I don't know a forty point difference between your top score and your second top score. That's uh, that's reason to be concerned. That's more reason to be concerned than to be like an awe. You know. Yeah, I could see that for sure. Now an, another thing I want to talk about is their their goaltending. It's uh, it was an interesting situation last year because you had this. You know, a, a guy, Corey Schneider, who's who's had an impressive career for maybe not playing on necessarily, you know, the best team through his tenure. And uh, and, and yet, you know, he put up good numbers and then he had a he had a, a kind of an off season last year. And then he came into this year and uh, kind of lost his job at the tail end of the year with uh, Keith Kincaid stepping in. Right. So how that kind of changes the complexion of this season and, and how you read into it from a from a team and a fantasy perspective, I, th- I think is is very interesting because, you know, Schneider usually look at as a guy who's guaranteed to get it at the very least 60 starts a year. And now the guy, you know, he might be lucky just to get 50. Yeah. So I... Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, uh, I think in one, it, we may have a timeshare on our hands. And so from a fantasy perspective, that might, that may not be very enticing, 
and uh, I personally would would stay clear from the situation. Mm-hmm. I'll give you a bit of stats here, just on his recent history. In uh, fifteen sixteen, he played fifty eight mm-hmm. games, had a nine twenty four, so he was great in fifteen sixteen. Sixteen seventeen, mm-hmm. he played sixty games with a nine oh eight. This is where things kind of fell off the rails, and he had a two eighty two goals against. Right. So, and then last year, forty games. So he d- he definitely split time and a nine oh seven. So the the trend is poor. We know he's been good in the past. He's thirty two years old. Uh, I th- I think this could go either way, but again, as we analyze New Jersey not being great and not adding a lot, and uh, and Kincaid kind of stepping up and and splitting that time. I, I could see them definitely splitting time again, and yeah, I I I, I wouldn't put a lot of faith in them to be honest. Corey Schneider does no. not have my uh, my trust. No, and and I think what made him such an enticing goal in in the past is because the, New Jersey's always been kind of that boring defensive team. They've kind of played that style, whether whether it was when Jacques Lemaire was there when Keith DeBoer was coaching there. Mm-hmm. They 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 kind of always had that that style, and that's ultimately. <laughs> what led them to, to losing to the Kings in the Stanley Cup final. They had, they had a great run back when Kovalchuk was there. And, you know, since then, with ever since John Hines took over as the coach, they've kind of transitioned into more of a uh, offensive-oriented team. And so while it led to some team success last year and, and ultimately changing the way they play, I think the goalies kind of took a hit from a numerical, you know, perspective in terms of seeing seeing what their numbers shaped up to be. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I, that kind of that's another factor why I personally would steer clear from these goalies. Uh, you know, for 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 the, for the forwards that bodes very well because that means that style's still going to be there. You know, Kyle Palmieri is usually a guy I, I tend to draft or or pick off the wire. The wire. He's usually good for sixty points every year. Yep. Puts up a high shot up volume. I really like him. Uh, you know, he sure you only assume you know barring any injuries, he's only going to get better than last year and he had a great year last year uh so he could definitely go north of 60 mm-hmm. um so you know don't necessarily steer clear from this team fantasy wise like you know in terms of the whole team but you know at the very consider what we have to say about the goaltenders because i think it might not necessarily be you know a situation where you just have one goalie putting up great numbers and starting over 60 games yeah, and I'll in, I'll add in like a kind of a fun fact fantasy wise, and uh, something to definitely keep your eye on. And you make of this what you will, but he sure had fifty two points in his rookie year, and that's uh, that's great as a rookie, as we all know. You know, eighteen years old coming in, but uh, very strangely, and this does not happen often, he had very 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 little power play points as part of that total. I think he had a, he had eight or maybe even six. So naturally, just as as hockey players go, like just in general, that number is going to go up. The, his mm-hmm. power play totals for a, a guy of his skill level should be above above twenty on on a on a on a power play with Taylor Hall for sure. So right. if he can increase that number and still keep up the same production of five on five, he could be a huge bargain late later in the draft. I I could see him putting up sixty five ish points if he picks up the power play. So yeah, just something to watch for sure. Because uh, that that's an interesting. Now, when you say later and late, when you say later in the draft, yeah, how late could you see this guy going? Because I'm of the opinion he's he's going to go like not that late. Like I I think mm. this is a talented name who pe- people are going to jump on. Um, I'd say 
I, I don't know where what his ADP is right now, but uh, whatever his ADP mm-hmm. is, I mean, if you can try to get him at or maybe just after his ADP, then I think you you definitely win. You win that uh, you win that mm. pick. I think there's a good chance that he increases the power play totals and he he surpasses expectations there. Already, but then again, it, you know, if he's in your sixth round, you know, I, I wouldn't. Yeah, I, no. I wouldn't pick him up there. Yeah, there's there's more safe options out there, I'd say. Yeah, like definitely keep your head about it. But if you notice he's slipping, then uh, Mm -hmm. feel free. Don't don't feel scared to take him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, from a again, from a fantasy perspective, I mentioned Paul Mary Hall, obviously Hall. He sure we Mm -hmm. just spoke about other than those three forwards. I can't really get behind, you know, someone too much. I, on the defensive side of things, it's another interesting situation because you have a guy, Sammy Vatanen, who you got out from Anaheim. This has always been a, a power play oriented, you know, puck moving defenseman. Yeah. But then you also have have another guy in uh, in, in Will Butcher, yep. who who seemingly took the lead by storm last year, undersized puck moving defenseman, and he kind of he, he kind of had the the job, the number one uh, power play point defense. Yeah. So between how they, you know, split up that ice time, that that's another situation to to look into, because whoever is consistently on the top PP, there's definitely value in there. I'm just not convinced that's going to be the case. I think you're kind of gonna you're gonna see kind of a rotation between the two of them. For sure, yeah. Keep an eye on that top power play and maybe just pick up that guy who's there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And it's another situation. Watch training camp. Watch preseason. Sure. We'll see what the coach kind of favors, who he favors in that spot. Mm-hmm. Okay, moving on up the Metro. And to me, this th- we're starting to get into a bit of a caliber switch. I think we've uh, we've mm-hmm. gotten into a kind of a a whole new kind of realm of talent here because we're, we're starting off with Columbus now. Mm-hmm. And they, uh, they finished in the first wild card spot and they got eliminated in the first round by Washington. But uh, this mm-hmm. is another... This is a tricky one, Nick. I, don't, I I think this might be the trickiest team to nail down where they're going to go because of their leading scorer last year, Artemi Panarin. He had 82 points in 81 games. Well, I'll go through the leaders quick, and then we'll talk about them. They got uh, Seth Jones with the crazy season, 57 points in, in 78. Wow. Pierre-Luc Dubois, who's that rookie center with 48 points. Atkinson, who got off to a slow start but definitely picked it up, had 46 points. And then uh, Wierenski with 37. So just to kind of update you guys, if you don't know, uh, Artemi Panarin has made it public that he does not want to sign with Columbus or he's not looking to really sign with Columbus. And uh, I got to say, man, like this guy's just screwing the team here hard. Is he like, am I wrong in saying that? No, I... I I I I think you're right. Um, I, you know, th- this is a guy who th- this team is definitely trending in the right direction, and they had a great season, mm-hmm. and they almost beat the Caps in a they almost beat the the Stanley Cup champions in a series. They had a two nothing lead, and yeah. so there's a lot of optimism heading into this season, and uh, and 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 yet you, you he kind of throws this curveball at the team where he's kind of like meh. Maybe I don't want to resign for this team. Maybe I want to play in a bigger city so my girlfriend could be a model in New York or some shit like that. Like, you why, know? Why would he mention New York, Rangers? Oh. Like, you're you're coming into your prime of your career, and you're why would you want to go there? 
Like this mm-hmm. is not a hockey move out of this. It's guy. just it's 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 a it's a bad move on his part, and it's a bad move uh, on the for the PR staff of the yeah. Blue Jackets. You can't you can't let news like this leak. Uh, as our as our good friend Pierre Maguire would say, this is not the the Montreal way of, of doing things. No. You know. And I know uh, Yarmo Keka line is he's probably <laughs> tearing his hair out. Yeah. I I I would be pissed, man. Like, this is your top player. You traded uh, you traded Brandon Saad to get him, but. You know, this is an up-and-coming team, a lot of promise, and I got to say, he he stirs the drink there. Like, they need him bad. And now he puts out this this public announcement, and I don't really want to sign here. The thing is now they have to trade him this year, or the, otherwise he could walk for nothing. So before the deadline, very likely he gets moved, and they're probably not going to get full value for him. And he, he's mm-hmm. and he's gonna want to go. He's they're gonna want to trade him to someone who wants to sign. He wants to sign with long term, so they don't have everybody to play with. They kind of have to go up to him and and say in a way, you know. You know who who do you want to play with? Otherwise, if he, they send him as as a rental, trade him as a rental, man, that's not gonna be a good return. Mm-hmm. That is gonna be totally cripple this team. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. sad. It's sad because. Pierre-Luc Dubois looks really promising. Atkinson mm-hmm. looks really promising on that top line. Those mm-hmm. two studs on D, Wierenski, Jones, like not to mention Bobrovsky. This team could do damage with this guy. And 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 how about how about Riley Nash? Oh you pick yeah. Him up, you pick him up in free agency. That was a guy you spoke you spoke of last episode, saying mm-hmm. Boston may take a hit with the loss of him. This guy could step in and, and really do something. Oh yeah. This, so uh, uh, yeah, and then Anthony. Duclair, a guy who, you know, seemed shined in the World Juniors, yeah, he, shined in his short stint with the Rangers, yeah, and then you know with the with the Phoenix whole thing, you know, obviously he didn't mesh there, but there's there's still a history of success there, mm. still a young talent. Well, what what can he make of this situation? You know, yeah, he's lost his way a bit, but the talent's there, the pedigree is there, and uh, I think maybe maybe the new situation, the new uh, scenario would be would be good for him. We don't know. Mm-hmm. It's, it's going to be an interesting scenario to watch. And uh, they did lose some guys. They lost uh, Calvert. Uh, they lost Vanek. Vanek was one of those guys who was a power play specialist. I think they picked him up at the trade deadline, I believe, to, mm-hmm. to help for the push. And he did actually pretty well for them. He got 15 points in 19 games. So mm-hmm. that was a good pickup for them. They lost Ian Cole which is going to hurt. I think they picked him up at the deadline too. And, and Jack Johnson, who was kind mm-hmm. of a problem for the coach. And uh, I think they're pretty okay with, with losing Johnson there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I still look at this team and with the whole Panarin stuff, I, I still, I, I'm very, I feel comfortable about this team. Uh, I, I see the forwards. I see the center depth. I see Pierre-Luc Dubois. I see Wenberg, mm-hmm. solid two or three center. I see Riley Nash, who slots in as your two or three center. Mm-hmm. I see a guy, Brandon Dubinsky, one of the better fourth-line centers. Yep. Josh Anderson really knows talent. how to get under the skin of, of, of those top players. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the forwards look good. I, I see the defense. I see those top two defensemen and Wrenski and Jones. Mm-hmm. Yes, the other four don't look too great, but... You know, I, I personally have faith in this defense. They, their assistant coach, he's a uh, he's a guy of the name Brad Shaw. Uh, oh. Not many not many people know this guy, but he used to he was the assistant coach in St. Louis during those during those years where they were making the playoffs seemingly every year, uh, and uh, and he was very responsible for 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 their structure and and the and the way they played. 
why he was, you know, take strides last year, uh, seeing as it was his first year as the, as the assistant there in Columbus. So with, between those top two D and Brad Shaw and, and what he was able to do with their defense last year, I, I think that their defense is, is, is fine. And then goaltending, you have, well, arguably the greatest goaltender in the world. So mm-hmm. this, this team still looks good to me. It, it's a shame the Panarin, you know, think the news leaked. Um, I hope they can resolve that. But, uh, but in that, that aside, this team looks like a good team to me. Yeah. Oh, I, I think they look like a great team. It, it's going to be interesting the return they get if, uh, if they do trade them. And, uh, like I said, I don't think it'll be full market value, but, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we'll have to see. Cause if it is a good return, it's a top six guy. I could see them still being very competitive. Right. But, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. And I'm, I, I sympathize. I really do with that management group. Those, you know, you think you do everything right, and then it just blows mm-hmm. up in your face. Yeah, curveballs thrown your way. It's 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 rough. Yeah. All right. Moving on to the one of my favorite teams in the in the East. Oh, the... one more question. Oh yeah. Okay. Shoot. Yeah. What do you What do you make of uh, the Jones and Renski, and who do you see being on the top PP? Is oh, is that even a debate, or is it is it is it is it just Jones, or is it just Wrensky? What What's the situation there? Here Here's a fun situation. Um, I have seen a lot of projections, and the, the one I'm looking at right now actually has both of them on the line on the top power play. Ooh. So what I'm looking at right now, they have Jones, Wierenski, Panarin, Dubois, and, and Atkinson. Simply the first line of everything. I, I don't know if they did that a lot uh, last year, but uh, that's definitely a possibility. If not, I don't like that. I don't like that combination. You don't, you don't like that? I right? don't think there's enough. There's enough there's, who's your net front presence on that power play? Uh, Panarin's du- not Panarin's not going in front of the net. Uh, no, Atkinson's not going in front of the net. Dubois is, du- a good is net Dubois front a, a net front kind of guy? He could he could do that role. He's a big strong kid, you know. Okay. And then yeah, obviously the two the two D guys on the point, but the, yeah, yeah, that'll although, be interesting. If if you asked me to pick, I'd I'd pick Jones on that on that top line. If it was just one of them, I'd pick Jones. Right. So so he he seems to be going earlier in drafts right now. Is is that correct? Yeah, and he is really good at uh, filling in uh, peripherals too. He's going to get you the hits and the shots as well. So, yeah, Jones is high, high value guy. Definitely, definitely target Jones. Okay. Yeah, well. I, I love Jones. I think he could uh, he can compete for a Norris this year. Wow. Mm-hmm. Kind of like uh, he can kind of have like a headman season. You know, a, a guy. A, a, a young player who who seemingly has a good season every year and now is mm-hmm. finally his real breakout year, so to speak. Yep. He got 16 goals. That's one behind the leaders uh, mm-hmm. in 78 games. So, you know, very viably, he could have led the league in, in goals for defensemen. Nice. Yeah. So I see him. Yeah, he's definitely going to be on the top line, whether Wierenski joins him. Mm-hmm. We're, not, we're not sure yet, but Wierenski's also very, very talented. So right. not a bad number two option there. Cool shit. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, why don't you uh, go on to our next team? Uh, one one of the most exciting, intriguing, amazing teams in the East, the Philadelphia Flyers. Oh, boy. I can't wait to do this. One. And you know what, Kyle? I'm just going to – I think there's certain teams in this preview thing we're doing where we just got to let ourselves kind of take the floor. And mm-hmm. so I'm just going to start by saying this: the floor is yours. Why – are the Philadelphia Flyers <laughs> destined for greatness this year? This team. Well, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll start with this. 
forward depth is amazing. Okay, so let, let me take let me take you through their their leaders last year. Giroux with 102 points. It's not going to stay that way, but pretty good. Voracek with 85, Kachure with 76, Ghost Ghostus Bear with 65. This team is just oh, that's that's some that, those are some good offensive numbers. Now their their center depth they have Sean Couturier, who he had a weird <laughs> he had a weird injury over the summer. He may not be ready for the start of the season, but he is just a fantastic two way forward. So, I mean, I saw him in the playoffs last year. I almost bought a jersey, Nick. Like this wow. guy, he he played seriously injured, and I think he got like a hat trick in that game where he had like a broken foot or something. Like holy mm-hmm. shit, this guy this guy's awesome. And uh, just that top line, Giroux, Couturier, Konechny. And Konechny mm-hmm. really, really broke out of his, uh, his young self in, uh, in the latter half of the last year. He's a, he's a rough, rough and tumble guy who can do it all. Now with next line, we have J, JVR, who, is, who got about, th- I think, 36 goals last year. You got Nolan Patrick and Jacob Voracek. Mm-hmm. Again, a line that, that can seemingly do it all. Patrick's going to take huge steps like he did again, just kind of like Konechny. He, he looked great at the last, uh, the tail end of last year in, in the playoffs. He was one of their better forwards, actually Voracek. He's just a beast. He, he can pass. He's more of a passer, but he's really good in the corners. He's going to fish those pucks out for, uh, for Patrick and, and Re- Van Riemsdyk. And then, uh, your third line center is kind of up in the air. Some people project Morgan Frost if he makes the jump. Some people project Scott Lawton. But you also have Wayne Simmons back there. Like Wayne Simmons. I think that's mind boggling. Hanging for out Wayne on Simmons your third to be line. on your third line. Yeah. Yeah. And, and don't really look at last year as Wayne Simmons, who he is now, because he was seriously beat up last year. I think he had like three major, major in- injuries. So. Yeah, you, you've got a center who's going to be decent, and you got Simmons who's going to kind of steer that line. Now, it gets uh, it gets very good on defense as well. You have Ivan Provorov. This guy, uh, he actually led the league along with uh, with Hedman in, in. Wait, did he? Let's see. Yeah, Provorov had seventeen as well last year, actually. Hmm. So Provorov's one of those really, really, really promising young defensemen. Probably doesn't get talked about enough because he's behind uh, Ghost Despair. But yeah, he got 17 goals and 41 points last year without playing top-line power play. Now for a D, that's, that's fantastic. But uh, their big offensive guy is Ghost Despair, as you know. And the guy, Ghost Despair, put up 65 points. He shoots like crazy. If you're, if you're talking fantasy... If you're talking a young up and coming team, you and and if you're talking also uh, keeper leagues, mm-hmm. Ghost Despair is a serious target, serious target because he he's got a high point volume, high shot volume, he's locked on for that number one power play, and uh, mm-hmm. oh, this team just excites me up and down the lineup. You've got Provorov, Ghost Despair, you've got uh, guys like Travis Sanheim, who's uh, who's going to make a, a, a bit of a jump this year. You've got uh, Radko Gudas, who's a depth guy. Sure. And uh, yeah, just very solid all around, except one Achilles heel is uh, probably goaltending. Uh, Brian mm-hmm. Elliott is slated to be the starter right now, back up with uh, Michael Neuvert there. If there's anything that keeps this team from, from, from 
Washington Capital, Pittsburgh Penguin kind of greatness, I think it's the goaltending. If uh, if Elliott can't really figure it out, then they're going to be more of like, you know, a, a, a good cut beneath those two elite teams. But, right. Uh, if if things go well for them and that goaltending can figure it out, we have to we have to watch this team. Like this is going to be a team I'm I'm definitely going to tune in for, and uh, I'm just so so excited with their youth and their depth, and uh, it's going to be very very exciting. Plus, you have Carter Hart who who claims he's gonna he's gonna challenge for an NHL spot. That's that's a long shot, but uh, Carter Hart's the best goaltending prospect in hockey right now. He was WHL goalie of the year three straight years, CHL goalie of the year the last two straight years. Wow. This guy's put up ridiculous numbers above 940 some years. Let me just quickly pull it up. But, uh, yeah, Hart claims he's going to go for a spot, and I could see him making a, making a roster push midseason, definitely not in the beginning. I, he'll probably have some AHL time because he will be eligible for that. But uh, in 41 games last year in the WHL, 947. Get wow. out of town. Get out of town. And then last year, <laughs> the year before that, 927. Well, I think everything you just said was very well said. And uh, I think I think you're right. I think everyone's kind of just waiting for Carter Hart to grab a hold of that job, given that is the one Achilles, te- uh, Achilles heel of this seemingly perfect team. Uh, forward depth is up there with the top, top in the league. I know everyone's talking about the Leafs, but this team looks pretty enticing as well. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, defense, Provorov, Ghost. You got, you know, those guys are more offensive. You got Gudis and Hag, more defensive, kind of up there with the hits leaders in the NHL every year. Yep. Uh, this this is a very exciting team. And and in fantasy, you've got to target that first power play unit. Uh, oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. It's, it's, it's fat because there's so many forwards on this team. It is almost like the Leaf situation where you don't may not even have a first and a second power play. You may just have mm-hmm. a 1A and 1B. 1B, yeah. Because that, that's kind of the way I'm, I'm looking at it here with, with their depth. And, uh, yeah, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, though, because it, me- it means more guys are going to get shots. You know, the, more guys are going to get power play time, but it also means, you know, you're not going to have one guy who's, right. who's, who's getting all these minutes and, and really capitalizing. Yeah, because we again we talked about their depth. They can't all fit on that top power play. Yeah, it, no. And I could see that being a revolving door of you know who fits onto one A, who fits onto one B. They'll probably swap around a little. But JVR mm-hmm. is a guy who who is known as a power play specialist and a kind of a net front guy. Interestingly, Wayne Simmons is kind of a similar guy around the front of the net too. So again, yeah, there's going to be some uh, some shuffling in terms of lines, but. Man, oh man, this uh, this team is exciting. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, the the the, the like off season, you really didn't lose much. You lose Philpula, you lose yep. Brandon Manning, Matt Reed, Mrazek, mm-hmm. all kind of you know not not necessarily very disposable pieces. Yeah. And then you add a guy in JVR who is going to you know be JVR. He'll be a top six forward for you. Good net front presence, which I think this team needs. So you'll have him and Simmons, and then you'll have more perimeter players in, in Giroux, Couturier, Konechny, Patrick, uh, and then and then you add a defenseman in Christian Folan, who uh, who who I I I got to know pretty well watching a lot of LA games, mm-hmm. and uh, you know he 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 played pretty well. He was a five six defenseman. He, he sometimes he sometimes he'd be a healthy scratch, but for the most part he was a, he's a solid young defenseman. And uh, yeah, I mean there's lots of reasons to like this team. 
Mm-hmm. One thing I will say, though, is uh, about Claude Giroux. This was the first time ever where he scored 30 goals. Uh, but the interesting thing is it only came on 193 shots, which is his lowest shot total since 2010 and 2011. Wow. And so what that what that added up to was a shooting percentage of 17.6, which uh, is actually seven, seven points higher than his career average. Yeah. So everything I just rattled off there goes to say that this guy had an inflated year last year, and you may not, you know— a, a, come to expect the same point totals this coming year uh another thing he had uh he had more secondary assists than primary assists mm-hmm. which is you know secondary assists are usually more reserved for a defenseman so very unique for a forward you know you can sling, you consider the shooting percentage thing you, you you consider this whole assist thing uh this may be a guy who while he's projected to go in the first round tail end of the first round early second you may want to wait a little till maybe the late second round for uh, mm-hmm. in your drafts so keep an eye on that that's i have a little bit of concern for him but other than that just holistically speaking uh th- this team looks pretty scary yeah and just to kind of add to what you said about Giroux there i fully agree yeah i don't think he's going to get a 100 point season next year yeah. um he did this did come with it with a change in position though he moved over to left wing for the majority of the season on uh, on couturier's wing there so that's something that he hasn't seen uh, at least for a while. I don't know if he's ever moved to the wing over in the NHL, but uh, he basically took on a whole new role on the wing, and it seemed to really fit him really nicely. So as well, as much as I, I I agree with you, he's not going to get a hundred points. I'd say safe safe to say draft him for about eighty five. Oh, for sure. I think yeah. that's a very that's a very fair territory to kind of put him in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you could you could kind of put him up there with a I don't know like would you would you take a guy like Brad Marchand over him I would would you take a guy like Mark Shifley over him ah uh, man because <laughs> oh, I'm kind of looking I'm kind of what I'm doing is I'm kind of tiering players here and that's kind of the tier I'm seeing him in kind of around yeah. those kind of players very similar to Shifley uh I think he could probably uh in terms of peripherals maybe outdo Shifley but I think Shifley might be I don't know. Points wise, they're pretty similar. Mm-hmm. So then they're both in very good situations. So honestly, it's that that's a toss for me. I, I couldn't really mm-hmm. pick between them, but if I had to, I would take Giroux just because he has left wing eligibility, knowing that uh, the center sure. depth is really and then strong. We, and then how much of that concern over Giroux do you think carries into his line mates? Like a Couturier? Do you see Couturier? Because he obviously had a historically good season last year. Do you see a drop mm-hmm. off from him? Uh, uh, it's it's very similar situation to Giroux. He had a historically good season, but his deployment was completely different. Before mm. this year, he was mostly known as the third right. line two way guy. Two way guy, yeah. They they finally said, "Listen, Sean, get on the top line and and score and do right. do what you can do." And Just he, like he, yeah, yeah. And I don't think it was a fluke because he was he's... he was always yeah. Go on. I don't I don't think it was a fluke. I think he's actually got that skill. There's one thing that does worry me, though, is that injury because he injured his knee pretty badly over the summer. He probably won't start the season, and I, I would keep a close eye on that. He's probably going to fall in drafts, but if you want to pick him up, uh, if he does start to fall, I, I'd, I'd pick him up for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. For me, for me, from a fantasy perspective, I'd, I'd be more... 
I, I find it more enticing to go after those bargain forwards. So, so mm-hmm. I'd be looking for players who are going to play with those top guys, but you don't necessarily have to draft as early as those guys. Yeah. So, so someone like a Nolan Patrick or a Konechny or a JVR or a uh, Simmons seem a lot more enticing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely load up on those players. And then in terms of just team speaking, another thing I want to mention is uh, kind of the same problem that Tampa had which we discussed uh, in the last, last, last episode, is they were in the bottom third in penalty kill in the past four, four seasons. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were actually 20, 29th overall last year. So uh, definitely somewhere they got to clean up. Like you said, if they really want to challenge the pens and the caps for, for those top spots in that, uh, in that division, yep. I think, A, you're going to need goaltending. And then, you know, obviously goaltending kind of segues into penalty kill. They're definitely going to have to improve that penalty kill. Yep, I agree. Yeah. I don't know. I don't exactly know what was wrong with it last year, but I know it was uh, it was pretty poor. So, yeah, we'll, we'll keep an eye on it. But I gotta think they'll they'll probably do something to adjust that. And uh, but yeah, th- they could they could be in that uh, Pittsburgh Washington echelon. But it's uh, there's a lot of variables that need to go right for them to be in that tier. Sure. Yeah. Now with that, we'll move up into the Pittsburgh Penguins. And uh, they came second in the Metro last year, eliminated in the second round finally by uh, Washington. I was not uh, not too happy. I was watching that game in a in a small bar in uh, Charlotte, uh, PEI. <laughs> and uh, man, the PEI they they were going for Pittsburgh. They they weren't too happy. So you know what? That that was terrible. I I think this team's hungry this year. They they want their cup back, Nick. Yeah, I, I I read about that, and uh, they're they're none too pleased with uh, with with, with, with yeah. how Caps ended up ending their season, and uh, we'll we'll see. I personally, I think they're in a they're in a good position. They added uh, Jack Johnson on defense, who you know maybe not a name brand defenseman, can certainly help their D because I think Pittsburgh's always been one of those teams who on, on paper they don't have the best D, but they mm-hmm. kind of make it work with the way they play the game with transitioning the puck forward forward to the forwards and getting the forwards involved from the back end so yeah. i think he can slot in well and then you had a guy matt cullen who who was a part of all those stanley cup winning teams uh he mm. left in minnesota last year uh clearly they must have missed him uh they because you know washington had the better center depth in that in that series and now he's back as your fourth line center which which is great yeah. your centers now are crosby malkin brassard cullen arguably the oh. best top four in the league that's disgusting. uh and and then what? You lose Kunakel, meh. You lose Hunwick, meh. And then you lose Connor Sheary, who was a good friend of Crosby's. They they had a they had kind of a good chemistry going there. Yeah. But then then again, it's Crosby. So so maybe it has more to say with how much Crosby benefited than him that uh, benefited him than how good a player Sheary is. I think mm-hmm. you can see you can seemingly play anyone with Crosby, and uh, and you know he 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 he'll make you look good. And so a, a guy like Daniel Sprung, who can slot into Sheary's position, that's a guy who had 65 points in 65 games last year in the NHL or mm-hmm. AHL. He, yep. he can definitely take, uh, you know, make up for for the loss of Sheary and maybe even play better than Sheary did. So I, I think that's exciting. And uh, yeah, I mean, not too much else to talk about. You make some, you know, subtle acquisitions here and there. You make a subtle call up in Sprung. I think this team can definitely be back in contention. Yeah, yeah. Forward depth is fantastic. D, like you said, they make it work. Uh, just kind of a weird 
rumor right. earlier on in the summer, su- the summer about Phil Kessel wanting a trade or they're looking to trade Kessel. That's mostly died down now, but I don't know where that could have came from because that kind of came out of nowhere, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, I looked into it quite a, a little bit, and uh, it seemed like him and the coach weren't getting along well, mm-hmm. uh, you know, which, I mean, it, it is Phil. I mean, he's always he's probably wants to always have most ice time on the team and, and all that stuff, power play time. But I heard mm-hmm. in the playoffs there was a bit of uh, there was a bit of a, you know, there was some heat between the coach and, and uh, Sullivan and uh, and Kessel. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't worry about it. I think from a fantasy perspective, this is still a guy who will be fantastic. He's a you know high volume in terms of shot taking. Um, he's always going to be on that first power play. I don't know how he can not be, uh, regardless who he plays with. If he plays with Crosby or if he plays in his usual position with Malkin and Haglin, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I still think he, you know, I, I wouldn't read too much into that situation. I, I think I think it's going to be just fine for Phil and Pittsburgh. The one concern I do have, which I thought you were going to get to, was uh, was Matt Murray. Yeah, I was, I was going to talk you've about You've been him you've been very high on him, and you followed him in junior, and and this was kind of the next second coming of, of Christ in terms of goaltending. <laughs> and uh, back. And 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 uh, boy, oh boy, I'm looking at these numbers. He only Lackluster. played 40, 49 games last year. Mm-hmm. He had a 292 GAA and a 907 nice. save percentage. That is like. Yeah. That is that is almost Carey Price bad, oh, and uh, that that for that for a kid of of that talent level, that is you know t- t- his his past career uh, like the past numbers he put up in his career and the play his playoff numbers it's just it's very odd. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. That's my kind of question mark. I, you know, he's not a not he's not Jake Allen. Like this isn't like some some shitty goalie who's naturally shitty. <laughs> like I, I do believe he is a technically set down good goalie. I just think he has to he has to kind of find his way here, you know, because, you know, you look at his playoff numbers, 2015, 2016, 21 games played. Uh, he had a 208 GAA and a 923 save percentage, mm. 16, 17 playoffs, 170 GAA, 937 save percentage. So he's got the talent. He's just got to, I think, find it and, and be able to, you know, put up good numbers for 60 games. Yeah. Um. It's not. I, I can't confirm this fully, but I do think he was maybe a little bit bugged by some injuries last year. He's an injury-prone guy, just and, naturally. And uh, you know, not not to get not to get solemn here, but he did have. Ooh. I think I read about the uh, passing of his father or something last year. Yeah. So uh, obviously, maybe mentally that may have you know factor. Uh, I don't know. That's why there's a lot of question marks surrounding this player, and mm-hmm. uh, I think from a fantasy perspective. This can either be, you know, a, a very good thing and that things like this may cause his value to drop and you to get excellent value from drafting him later in a round, mm-hmm. or you may reach for him and uh, and he, he has yet another subpar season. So Yeah. Yeah, and there's only so much we, we know about, you know, the the background stuff, but in my my personal opinion, I'm going into this draft uh, with thinking very highly of Matt Murray. I'm thinking of him as a 920, 230 kind of guy. And how many games played? Because they, they do have quite a talented goalie in, in yeah. Trish Jari and Casey DeSmith. So they have mm-hmm. lots of goalies in the system. Uh, how much of a leash does this does does Murray have? Murray's got the the longest leash that uh, that you can get, except he I could see a, a small injury here and there. 
that would not necessarily make him like number one goalie kind of games played. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I could see him putting up 45 to 50 games based on his injury, his history. I think you have to kind of assume that and, and get him for about 28 to 30 wins in, in that uh, frame. Mm-hmm. So that, so that he could, he would still play 60 plus games. Uh, I don't, I don't see him getting to sixty be, simply because of injuries. Like, don't mm-hmm. assume he's going to have a yeah. fully healthy season. It's, it's almost not happened in, in mm-hmm. the time we've seen him. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, but put, make he's going to put up good numbers, good splits. I, in my opinion, and he'll get you wins when he does play. But uh, you can't assume he's going to have a fully healthy season. Sure. Yeah. Uh, personally, I'd stay clear of him in drafts. I, I, mm-hmm. I can't stand goalies getting injured. Um, yeah, but Hey, I could be wrong. And he, and he may, he may end up just totally, you know, playing over his, where he's, you know, projected to go in draft. So I, mm-hmm. I could, I could see both things happening him, play, him, him doing well and being a bargain and, and not doing so well. Yeah. But I mean, back to just speaking for the team, I, I, I still think this team, you know, could easily, they could come first in the Metro. They could come third in the Metro. They could be the wild mm-hmm. card team. We don't know. Uh, I don't know. They might. That. They, they almost were last year. I mm. mean, uh, you, you, I could definitely see Columbus, uh, Washington, and and uh, Philly potentially playing better than this team over a whole season. Mm. But we'll see. Okay. Yeah. yeah I I uh, I think uh, Pittsburgh's going to come out with a lot of fire this year. Okay. But uh, yeah, as long as as long as they do get that uh, that healthy season from Murray, I think they could they could. They could go as high as they possibly can in, in the standings. They they could be first in the East. This is a team that can that has the skill to do it. Oh, and uh, another guy who I want to kind of dissect here briefly is uh, Chris Letang. What okay. do you what do you make of him? Because he was kind of always this guy who 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 got injured seemingly every single year, mm-hmm. and uh, surprisingly last year the guy uh, he put up a healthy season. Seventy nine uh, games, yeah. Yeah, that's that's unheard of for a guy like Letang. Uh, I mean, maybe the point per game numbers weren't, you know, where they used to be, which were fantastic. Yeah. But uh, but boy, oh boy, 79 games from Latang, and, and and he still was able to put up 51 points from a defenseman. That's uh, that's that's impressive. Yeah, and we hope that trend does continue. But uh, again, keep that warning flag on the player. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of his point totals, that might be his new norm. Is a, is that kind of point per game? Low 50s. Low fifties, mid fifties, yeah. Maybe even, I, I, yeah. Yeah, I could see that being the case, but yeah, keep the flag on him for the injury history, and mm-hmm. uh, and and draft accordingly. I'd say. Mm-hmm. But he's he's not your top kind of five defenseman that he used to be in terms mm-hmm. of points, and uh, but he's still a solid option if you find him late enough that you're you're comfortable with it. Sure, and and nobody's going to be taking his position on that top PP, which is one of the best in no. the NHL. If so he's like healthy, a, he's there. Yeah. And Oli Mata is not going to step in and start getting, you know, first PP units ahead of Latang. No. So I, I think just that that comfort level of him always having that position has always made me very attracted to him as a as, as a player in drafts. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully he puts together another healthy season and hopefully he really, uh, you know, makes up for being on the top PP because, you know, he had 20 points last year. And again, this is a guy who has high shot totals, 222 from, from the back end. So mm-hmm. yeah, lot, lots of things to like in Latang. 
Yeah. And good for him for playing that uh, almost full season. I'm, it's it's good to see, and it it does uh, it does make you think maybe he's he's sorted out some of the major stuff because I know he had that horrible back problem that kept him out of the playoffs a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Think he had surgery for it, and I, I I guess that that went well. So yeah, I'm I'm glad he's uh, he's on the mend, so to speak. Mm-hmm. All right, if you're good, we can move on to yeah. the Washington Capitals. Let's do so, that. Uh, so this team did all right last year, I think. They uh they 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 won they won the thing. <laughs> the big dance. <laughs> they they went to the dance and they yeah. uh they, they they got their dancing shoes on. Uh-huh. So they won the cup. They got uh, number 1 in the metro. Uh OV finally broke broke the critics. He he took all the articles, mm-hmm. read them before each game and he fucking smashed all expectations good for him good job Ovi. you did it <laughs> it'll be your last one yeah but very may very well be <laughs> i don't know but uh yeah Ovi had a, had a good season last year 49 goals rocket richard 87 points kuznetsov who's sick he's a sick sick player he, i think kuznetsov is <laughs> he's has russian Backstrom. since when were you in favor hey, of russian players i'm trying to be objective nick i'm okay. trying okay Okay, good for you. I applaud that. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, yeah, Backstrom seventy-one, Carlson, oof, John Carlson. I I like him a lot. I yeah, I'm gonna Six, I, sixty-eight. Yeah. Wow. Impressive. That jumps off the board big time for me. Uh-huh. That he he really liked that top power play. Mm-hmm. Him and Ovechkin clicked a lot on that top power play. Mm-hmm. And. Um, Honestly, not a whole lot of turnover in terms of switching up the lineup. Mm-hmm. Their center depth is still really, really, really good. With um, the exception of uh, Jay Beagle. Yep, Jay Beagle's out. Uh, Grubauer's out, which could be a big deal if uh, if Holtby needs uh, needs his rest again. Because mm-hmm. I think Holtby really benefited um, from having Grubauer kind of step up in the regular season. He's not going to have that this year. You've got... Phoenix Copley and uh, Ilya Samsonov in, in your depth system for, mm-hmm. for goalies there. So I don't know. I don't know who this Copley guy is, but uh, don't look don't look for him to get too many starts. Like this is going to be a Holtby workload kind of year, I think. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, how he does with that, I'm not sure. Like he's he's put up amazing regular seasons in the past, but uh, yeah, it'll be something to watch. And uh, yeah, but. They got 18 of 20 players returning. They locked up Smith Pelly. They locked up John Carlson and Tom Wilson. They have a new coach, Todd Reardon, mm-hmm. has been promoted. I believe he was the assistant, was he not? Correct. And uh, uh, Nick Dowd is in. So they mm-hmm. got Nick Dowd. And he's he could be their fourth-line center right, behind yeah. Eller. That's yeah. what it looks like. Yeah, so I don't know. It's uh, it's the Washington Capitals pretty much of, of last year with with a new coach. Mm-hmm. I yeah, I don't think I don't I wouldn't read too much into that. From what I heard, he was a very well respected coach within within the organization. I mm-hmm. I don't I can't see from a coaching, you know, style. I I can't see them deviating too much from what what was so successful for them last season. Uh, Nick Dowd, I really liked him when he played in L.A. I think he'll make for a you know worthy fourth line center. Uh, and then yeah, you you. Basically, you make up for what you lost, and then from the goalie perspective, I 
I think Holt will do just fine. I know, I know people like to lose their shit when people say, oh, he's going to have too high a workload and, and, yeah, and he's, yeah. his numbers are going to regress. Well, usually I, I'm in the camp where I'll take the higher workload. If the numbers regress a little, so be it. But if you're going to get me more wins, you're going to get me more starts, you're going to get mm-hmm. me more shots for sh- uh, for shutouts, then I'll, then I'll happily take it. So I think from a fantasy fantasy perspective, a uh, lot to like in Holpe. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, Kuznetsov, you know, he's going to have a great year. Ovi, he seemingly does not get injured, so he's he'll ha- he'll probably lead the league in shooting again, and mm-hmm. you know maybe score fifty goals. John Carlson, he could very much be the 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 best fantasy defenseman out there. And then uh, T.J. Oshie, who is a guy who may fall in drafts compared to those names I just mentioned, who may have some sneaky upside. Uh, yep. Playoff playoff numbers last year: twenty one points in twenty four games. Uh, so, you know, lots, lots, lots of potential there for him. So, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens, but I, I can only assume they'll, they'll, you know, they'll do fine in the regular season and then come playoffs. Uh, we see what happens. Yeah. There's another, there's a strange thing about Tom Wilson being on the, the first line right, right. wing. What yeah. the hell is that about? Well, he did, he did just sign an extension and it was a pretty, uh, pretty handsome looking paycheck too. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't know. I, I, it's almost like they, they endorse that kind of first line, big guy presence, especially mm-hmm. like on the power play. Yeah. And I personally, I don't think, you know, that, that you, that kind of guy warrants getting that much money, but, uh, yeah. but Hey, I mean, it's their money to spend and they wanted to extend him. Clearly they see him as a, as a big part of their team. So, uh, yeah, I, mm-hmm. uh, I guess we'll see what happens there. Honestly, I, I don't see him lasting too long there. I think that's uh, that's more of an experiment. You know, if he does well in the corners and that kind of thing, great. But uh, I don't know. Like the the guy's career high is like thirty five something points. Like, come on, he's not a top line guy. Oh yeah, to to, to be giving a guy five million dollars a year to put to put oh, up those numbers and crazy. to play this to play. Oh well, he does all the intangibles. He's good in the dressing room, and he and he's physical on the ice, and he's going to protect our top players. I still don't think that warrants paying a guy over five that five million dollars a year. So, hey, I, I I guess we'll see we'll see what happens. I I know in fantasy, if you're in a hits league, he can definitely you know help you there. He's among the the top hits league hits leaguer, uh, leaders every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'll he'll put up some points playing with those those top guys in Kuznetsov and Ovechkin so yeah we'll we'll see what happens yeah and and I think there's value to be had uh, outside of that top line too obviously one of the big two centers uh, Mm -hmm. of Kuznetsov and Backstrom is going to own their own line Mm -hmm. and um, two guys I wanted to highlight were Jacob Verana who who's got uh, really good skills and he's he's definitely a breakout candidate for me and also Andre Burakovsky who had uh who had a pretty good season last year, and again, a guy with really good skills. I could see one of those two clicking with whoever that number two center is. Who it is, I'm not gonna, I'm not entirely sure. So just keep an eye on who they play there as well. Sure. And uh, one other thing I want to mention with with uh, Nick Backstrom, he's kind of interesting because he seemingly was the guy who played with Ovechkin every year, and now he's he's kind of been removed from his spot by Kuznetsov. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so. Here's a guy who will no longer get that exposure to to Ovechkin even strength. Uh, he naturally does not put up a lot of shots. He's more of a playmaking center. Uh, are, is this player enticing to you from a fantasy perspective? I mean, obviously he's still gonna you know be drafted pretty high, but 
would, is this the kind of guy you reach for? Or is this kind of the guy you wait to regress in the draft and, and scoop him up there? Nick, this is one of those guys for me where I I don't want to touch him unless mm-hmm. he drops a lot. Like, yeah. He just he doesn't interest me. Like he puts up the points. They're mostly assists. He's a center, which is not a good position in, in fantasy hockey because it's the deepest position. Uh and he sure. doesn't get a lot of peripherals. So honestly, yeah, he's not exciting to me in the in the slightest unless he drops uh significantly and, and he's just kind of sitting there like like a sore thumb. I'll I'll, I'll pick him up if he's sitting there, but you know, not uh, not the kind of guy for me. I, I like my shots. I like my guys who can do uh, multiple categories. He'll put up the power play points, but again, I think Kuznetsov is is more the the new disher on that on that top power play line. So yeah, no, I I'd agree. I see him nothing more as you know a, a guy who's going to put up some some even strength points, but is mainly a power play specialist. And yep. to have to reach for a power play specialist, I think would be uh would be a bad move on your part. Mm-hmm. So. Maybe, uh, maybe like Kyle just mentioned, maybe just, you know, let him slip, see, see, see what happens. If someone reaches for him, then you can laugh at that person for reaching, <laughs> reaching for him. And if he slides, then you can pick him up and, 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 you know, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe he'll be a bargain. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's what, that's what I think of Nikki Backstrom. Great. So yeah, guys, I think that kind of concludes the, uh, the Metro preview there. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the standings. God Who do you want to go first here? Uh, hold on, let me just uh, let's. Uh, y- yeah, you can go first. Okay. I will say. Oh, so we're going from the bottom here. Uh, well, now that we've done both previews, do you just want to do? Uh, do you want to do your whole Eastern playoff outlook, like top three in the Atlantic, top three in the Metro, and then wild cards, or do you want to go through the the division first? Let's go through the division, or actually. Let's sum up first what we talked about last week. In the Atlantic, I see Tampa being the top dog. I see Boston coming second, and I see Toronto coming third. Not going to get into why. You can, If you'd like to hear why, you can tune into our last episode, but that's the way I see the Atlantic shaping out. I do also see Florida coming in as a wildcard team, so from the Atlantic, that's basically it. Mm-hmm. Uh, for today, I think that the Metro will shape up as follows. I see uh, Washington coming first overall. I see Pittsburgh coming second. I see Philly coming third. And I got Columbus coming fourth and taking the final wild card spot right behind Florida. Interesting. So, yeah, I'll, I'll go over my Atlantic too, and then we'll kind of we'll, we'll, we'll chat. Uh, I've got Toronto uh, first, Tampa Bay second, Boston third, with uh, Florida coming in and scooping up the wild card. And in terms of my Metro, I think it's pretty similar. Um, I have Pittsburgh first, Washington second, Philadelphia third, with Columbus grabbing the last wild card spot. So Florida's yep. got the first, and I've got Columbus in the last. I agree. So pretty similar. I'd say, Flo- yeah. We got Florida sneaking in, and we got Columbus just barely making it. I'd say other than just the order we have those top three teams in each division. And I, I yep. think this is the East is definitely an, an easy pick. You know, I, I mm-hmm. can't see a New Jersey, a Carolina, a Buffalo, an Islanders, a Detroit making the playoffs. No. Um, yeah. I, I think it's pretty clear cut who the favorites are to, to be the eight teams from here. Uh, how you arrange them isn't could, could go many ways. I think we can both agree on that. 
Yep. And uh, yeah, I personally, I think the West will make for a much more interesting scenario in terms of who's in, who's out. Oh yeah, I think there'll be some serious movement in the West for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. yeah, which of course we will get into in our. We'll start getting into into our in our next episode, which will be mm-hmm. uh, all things Central Division. Yep. And actually, just looking at this, the only swap we have in the East is Florida's in and New Jersey's out. Everything else is the same. Yeah. In terms of the East. Very interesting. Yep. Yep. But I mean, I think that goes, you know, says a lot about offseason acquisitions, right? The team that made, mm-hmm. argue, he had arguably the worst offseason and didn't add anyone, like we spoke about, was New Jersey, and they're yep. heading out. And then you have a team like Florida who adds a guy like Hoffman and, uh, you know, adds some help on defense. Uh, and, and they, they seem to find their way in. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see what happens. We could be totally wrong. Who knows? Maybe one of those teams we mentioned does, does play really well, but that's, that's, that's the way we see it, uh, mm-hmm. going this year. And just for fun, I have, uh, just looking at the bottom, I have the Islanders coming last in the, right. uh, in the Metro. Yeah, that's fun. Uh, yeah, I got the Rangers personally because I mm-hmm. think they're more kind of invested in tanking. Given yeah. like the manager, the, the you know the from a managerial standpoint, they kind of admitted they're a shitty team, and I could definitely see them tanking. Uh, yeah. I could see Lundqvist getting injured, and them just kind of thrown in you know a shitty, you know basically nobody in net for the whole season. Uh, and then I got Ottawa coming last in the Atlantic. So yeah, when you think when you think lottery, those would kind of be the two teams to watch, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't I don't have any problem with that. I think uh, I think Ottawa's going to be. Uh going to be terrible but another thing in the in the next couple days we're we're keeping an eye out on big contracts coming into training camp we're also taking a look at uh, at moves so uh we're going to be starting to see a lot of headlines coming up as as the weeks go on as uh the preseason draws near so yeah we'll just uh we'll keep you guys updated and we'll uh we'll start pumping out some more episodes sure yeah and uh yeah absolutely i'd I'd only you know repeat what you just said and uh Mm -hmm. Again, thank thank you if you did tune in for the entire episode. Thank you again for tuning in. We're we're, you know, we're we're just growing as podcasters here. So apologies if if you know we made any errors or anything. And uh, yeah, we look forward to uh, sharing thoughts with you uh, yet again in our uh, next mm-hmm. episode, the Central Division.